You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Oge Ogwe, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. associated with your glory. Thank you. For the privilege to bear your marks and your scars. Thank you. For the privilege to drink of the cup of the fellowship of your death. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege to serve with everything that you've given us. Thank you. Thank you. What an honor to say that God called us, to say that God chose us, to say that we go in the name of the Lord. What an honor to stand in the name of the highest king and be his representative, to be the one to declare his decrees and dictates on this earth. Thank you, Father. What an honor to be your man and your scepter. I thank you. Daddy, thank you. For prophecies fulfilled, thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Amen and amen. Alright, let's get into God's teaching. Or the teaching of God's word. Last week we started um, a teaching series that we titled what? on the screen that we titled what uh, what's happening why are you guys quiet that we titled what i was wondering where i was all right and um we've we've um been talking about cultivating a culture of god's glory cultivating a culture of god's glory now unto the Lamb upon the throne, we raise our sound. We raise our sound. For He is God and God alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes when I preach like that, I punctuate my sermon with songs. It's not because I like singing, even though I do. But many times, do you know that angels sing the songs that we sing? Especially the ones that we sing in worship of God. And so many times, that song just resonates in my spirit. It just drops in my spirit. And sometimes you give expression to things like that, because it may be a way that you first and foremost participate in what is going on in the spiritual atmosphere. Angels are singing a song, you pick it in your spirit. I remember some nights, um, some years back, I was, I was praying in my room. This was when I was living in Festac Town. I was praying in my room. It was an afternoon. And then it was, I was the only one in the room. It was an afternoon. But suddenly I started to hear a large choir of angels. And what they were singing was, Praise to the Lamb who was slain. Glory, glory, He reigns. Like the stars, above all He shines. And so we sing His praises on high. And I listened to the song, and then I, I repeated it, and I continued singing it. And I finished singing it, and then I called, I think it was Pastor Dan. 
or I sent it to the group, I can't remember. And I said, I just heard the angels of God singing this song. We recorded the song at Campfire last year. Um, and many times, when, when we... What, what the men of God that work with me don't know is, when we're writing the song, um, when we're producing the song, arranging the song, if you remember, we were in my house, and then we said, this song needs a bridge, like a hook. And then they were talking. And what happened was, it was as if an angel walked up to me and sang the remaining part of the song. Like, it's like, this is what you missed while you were away. <laughs> so I, I got the progression. I got some words, but some words were still missing. So I asked Pastor Dan to help me. So Pastor Dan fixed in the few words that were missing. And that's how we wrote the song. Many times when you are walking around and a song drops in your spirit, sing it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Give it expression. In so doing, you train yourself to be skillful in the things of the spirit, one, and to be sensitive to the move of the spirit. Are you with me? So you are probably watching TV and a song just... How many of you know that experience a song just drops in your spirit or something just drops in your spirit it might be a word it might be a verse of scripture are you with me you're just watching tv and then it just drops in your spirit now thanks be unto god who always caused us to triumph you know what is happening sometimes what is happening is that that song or that verse of scripture is god's um announcement that something you've been praying for since has been completed. This, so this is the expression of that thing. Yes, I remember when I prayed for someone, the person was, um, it, was a, it was a long story, um, and I prayed. I wasn't there with the person. And then I had finished praying, and then I walked to my living room. I didn't know if the thing had been done or not. I called the person, how far? The person said, it's still there. I said, ah. And I wanted to start praying again. The Holy Ghost said, no, 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 don't pray again. It's done. So I went to my living room and I went to continue watching TV. And then as I was watching TV, the song dropped in my spirit. Great and mighty God, you have done it again. Hallelujah again. So I put the song on TV and I started playing it. And I was singing along to it and the person called me and told me it has happened, it's been done. I, I, tears started streaming down from my eyes. Because even though I didn't get a physical notification, there was a spiritual notification. Are you with me? There was a spiritual notification. God, God had already told me that what you prayed for, what you asked us to do, we've done it. Are you with me? So that's why sometimes I will be in the middle of a sentence and the Lord will deliver something to my spirit and I will just stop and take it. Sometimes I sing like that and it is for somebody in the audience. The entire part of the service that you actually needed was the song that I sang. Hallelujah. Anyway, back to the teaching. Last week we started by talking about the flow of the glory of God, cultivating a culture of um, God's glory. And we talked about four ways to discern the glory of God. How many of you remember the four of them? What was number one? What was number one? It wasn't God's power, it was appearance. Is it power or appearance? Uh, uh, sorry, don't shout at me. I'm an elderly man. Please, don't do that. <laughs> Amen. So what was number one? Number two? Number three? His resume, his past acts, is that correct? Number four. And then I said there was a number five. What was it? And I told you we'll talk more about that one today. The riches of his glory. That's the title of today's teaching. Glory flow, colon, the riches of his glory. Open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 20. 
Again, um, we apologize that there's no second screen in the hall just yet. We are really, really doing our best to carry all the financial burdens with um, setting up the space. But we promise that once we can, we will get around to putting a screen, a second screen, so that everyone can see when they look at the screen, okay? All right. But for now, you should have your Bibles opened. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 20. Everybody, read together. One, two, go. The Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. This is Paul's prayer for you. As a believer. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That you may know. If Paul prays in such a way that you should know these things. Then you ought to know. Are you with me? The beautiful thing about Paul's prayer for knowledge. Is that Paul goes ahead to give expression to the answer to those prayers. So, Paul will pray that you may know. Then in Ephesians chapter 2, he will now start teaching you what you should know. Are you with me? The prayer for this knowledge was answered in the teaching of scriptures. And so, I agree that there is an aspect to the answer to this prayer that comes by the work of the Spirit. Are you with me? That is, it goes beyond teaching. There, it comes by the work of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost will open your eyes or awaken you to a certain revelation. But that aspect begins with the teaching ministry. Let me explain something to you. Every revelation of God begins from proper exposition of Scripture. Any revelation of God that you have that is not properly founded on the exposition of scripture is dangerous. And I dare say false. Are you with me? So the eyes of your understanding being enlightened will begin with proper exposition of scripture and will end in the work of the spirit. Um, I was privileged. A friend of mine wrote a theology um, pamphlets, it, it, like when I say pamphlet, that thing is a hundred and something pages. But if you know theology, you know that that's a short, is a small book compared to. I mean, it was a book on systematic theology. The one I read by Wayne Grudem is a thousand or almost two thousand pages long, right? So a hundred and something pages is a pamphlet. Do you agree with me now? Uh, okay. So he wrote a a a book on systematic theology on Twitter. Many of you will know. Um, Spiritual Twitter, raise your hand if you know. Uh, so that book, he, he pre um, recently released a book. And he reached out to me to write the forward to the book. And um, I wrote the forward. And many people don't read forward, so they would never know what I wrote. Raise your hand if you read forward when you are reading. But why, why are you, what are you looking for there? I thought we all agreed that when you open the book, you skip preface, forward, introduction, and go straight to chapter one. But I wrote the foreword to the book. And when I was writing the foreword, one of the things I said there was this. Every deep spiritual experience will first begin with intellectual stimulation. That is, the Lord will engage your mind first before you can properly go deep in the things of the Spirit. So the eyes of your understanding being enlightened must begin with your mind being opened. Are we together? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened must begin with your mind being opened. So God wants to talk to Abraham and show him many things that would happen. And the Lord says, come, walk with me. Count the stars. Count the sand on the seashore. Abraham couldn't. And I said, now that I've, I've triggered, I've, 
I've touched your mind. Your mind can comprehend what I'm about to say next. I will make you a father of nations. This is how many your children will be. Are you with me? Uh -huh. This is why the teaching ministry is the most important ministry for the believer. Thank God for the apostolic. Thank God for the prophetic. Thank, you, thank God for the evangelical. Thank God for even the pastoring ministry. But if any of these ministries is not um, underlined or underscored by a strong teaching ministry, that ministry is dangerous. You know how weird the prophetic ministry is? You know how weird it is? Just, just imagine... Because we do, even prophets these days are not as weird as prophets then. Because if you read about prophets then, many times we don't dip what we are reading. So somebody, they gave birth to him in the city. Then he decided, you know what, I don't want to live in the city. I'm going to go live in the jungle. Right? And I won't eat normal food. I will eat locusts and wild honey. I won't wear the clothes that you are all wearing. I will look for an animal, kill it, and tie the skin of the dead animal on my body. That's what I'll be wearing. So I'll, every, every time John the Baptist passed, he was smelling. Prophet of God. Then one day, out of the blues, he now comes to the river Jordan and announces, I've started my ministry. What is this ministry? Just come out deep inside water. For what? And he did this for months in search of our Lord Jesus. Then the day I reckon that the day our Lord Jesus came, everybody is there. The normal practice has been you just line up, I will dip you, you will go. Then he sees our Lord Jesus coming and then he proclaims something weird. Behold, the Lamb of God, a human being. Do you know how strange the prophetic ministry is? And that's why a lot of people, because God has blessed us, especially in Africa. I heard a man of God say something. I don't really agree with many things that the man of God says. But when he said this one, I was like, you know what someone said? Like, mm. Ah, so I dropped in my spirit. He said that when Christianity came from um, Israel, that's from Israel, um, I think he said the Greeks took it and made it a religion. The English people took it and made it a business. And when Christianity came to Africa, we took it and made it spiritual. I said, Omo, I don't agree with many things you are saying. Even this one, but ah, it's deep, small. <laughs> because it seems like the spirituality part of Christianity was, although it was there, it was when it came here that we amplified it. Are you with me? Uh, many, many people don't know. When, when people say Christianity is the white man's religion, I, I laugh. Do you know that Christianity in America today is more influenced by Christianity in Africa than the other way around? Do you know? I was watching a white man preach and he was quoting Bishop David Oedipo. My father in the Lord, Bishop Oedipo, said, Oedipo, that's how he calls him, <laughs> said, this, this, that, that. One of the thing, greatest exports from Africa is spiritual Christian. Because, listen, I don't know how many of you saw the documentary that BBC released. By the way, if you haven't watched um, Friday's sermon, and you're a member of this church, go and watch it. Amen? Amen? It's very important. But think of the fact that many of those white people that came to Nigeria, came to Nigeria because they saw miracles. And they said, the things that we read in the Bible are still happening today. So they came down. I have friends who are Americans and white people. And many times when they hear some of the testimonies we share, they ask, did it really happen? Do you know that it is not common to walk into a white church and they're speaking in tongues? Do you know? Like if there are 10 churches in the U.S., only about three speak in tongues. And none of them in the volume that we do. The only ones that you will find vibrant are churches that are founded by Africans there. 
MFM, Living Faith, those ones. But white churches, like built by white people, hi, it's very difficult. It was as if God brought Christianity to Africa so that we can remind the world that he still does miracles. It's very easy for a white man to argue that um, the age of miracles have ceased because there are people who are born and they die and they never see a healing happen. I want that to register in. What has become commonplace in our midst? Many people, they, they grow, live their entire lives and never actually experience a miracle. Are you with me? Are you with me? Mm. So, because of that, there is a strong emphasis in Africa on the supernatural. I don't know why I'm teaching along this line because this is barely my teaching. There is a strong emphasis on the supernatural in Africa. Are you with me? But that now de-emphasizes the teaching ministry. Many people de-emphasize the teaching ministry because of the supernatural ministry. I once heard a man of God say that doctrine is what God said before. Revelation is what God is saying now. Go for revelation. I make bold to announce to you that that is nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. The teaching ministry is the most important because that is what will now be a guardrail for the supernatural ministry in our day. Are you with me? So if I, if I hear, if I see a man do so many miracles, I will now first listen to how he teaches. So now know, am I safe here? What is he teaching? Are you with me? So when Paul prays, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, it begins first at teaching. And that's the reason why um, we're talking about cultivating a culture of glory. And I'm, you don't just come here and I start declaring the glory of God will be evident on your life. Say loud, amen, amen. And then I declare for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you say, all right, it is done, go home. No. We will teach you first. Number one, how do you discern the glory of God? If what you are praying for is given to you, would you know? It was Papa Higgin that said that many people, many, many miss the supernatural in pursuit of the spectacular. Many. The glory of God is shown in his salvation plan. And yet, many people do not celebrate the fact that in God's salvation plan, the glory of God is shown. That means in my life, God's glory has already been revealed, at least to an extent. Are we on the same page? Last week, I explained to you how the glory of God refers to the weight, the weightiness weight of God thrown around the way it is thrown around in salvation. Nowhere does God exercise his bigness the way he exercised it in salvation. In salvation, remember I told you that you descend God's glory in his power, in his appearance, in his past acts, resume, and then finally in his holiness. In God's salvation plan, you see his power. In God's salvation plan, you see his appearance. In God's salvation plan, you see that you are reminded of things that he has done before. In God's salvation plan, you see his holiness. Nowhere do we see a culmination of God's glory as much as we see it in his salvation plan. In fact, I dare say that if, if God was in, a, in an argument. Now, this would never happen, all right? He's God all by himself. He doesn't need to prove anything to anyone. But if God was ever in an argument... You know, one of my favorite things to do these days is to examine and analyze the miracles in the Bible. Because many times, eh, we stop at the surface level. When you now realize that they've embalmed this guy now, that means they removed... Then Jesus walked up to his tomb and stood in front of the tomb and said, Lazarus, come out. You know that's what comfort means. Come out. See, I will not lie. Eh? 
if I was there, I'd have done like this. Or if I was Jesus' disciple, I would advise him. I would say, Jesus, wait first. We have built rep. Our people are looking for how to discredit you. So maybe you will go inside the tomb and whisper it in his ear. But don't shout it from because everybody could hear. When, when he was crying, the people said, hey, yeah, see how much he loved him. You don't get it. Death is fine now. Then we can even, even till now, eh, if you come and meet me and say, my loved one is dead, and you say, pray for me, I will agree to pray. But if you tell me that they've removed the person's insight, I will switch from praying to telling you that it was a Christian bar. This is the hope that we have. We will see again one day. Don't worry, we'll see again. Death is not final for us. <laughs> Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. The Bible says that he that was dead came out, bound, hand and feet, and he walked high, Jesus. He walked out. Then he told them, lose him and let him go. What manner of display of glory. But yet, it doesn't come close. So what happened on that fateful afternoon when he hung on the cross and said, it is finished. The sky closed its eyes. It was darkened. It couldn't look at him. The ground quaked in. It, 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 it was revolting. How can I how? Can I house the how, the body of my creator? How? You may not understand it. But God's glory is greatest or is seen the greatest in his salvation plan. The exceeding greatness of his power. Now, the next verse says, go back to Ephesians chapter 1 or in verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Read the next words together. Everybody wants to go. To us word who believe. So all of this power that I've described, all of this greatness, I mean, I explained how Jesus walked on water. Moses split a whole sea. Honestly, Jesus' miracle was more profound. But can we agree that Moses' was more dramatic? Just split the sea in two. Divide it. Do, do you know how powerful that is? You divide Kai. And that wasn't the only time it happened though. It happened in the day of Elisha. Elisha took Elijah's cloak and hit the river Jordan and it opened. And they walked on dry land. One time, um, Elijah called all the prophets of Baal and said, let us do a power test. Eh? You pray to your God, let him call down fire. And I will pray to my own, let him, the one that answers by fire, let him be God. Start praying. And the prophets of Baal prayed from morning till night to the air because Baal is nothing. Fire did not fall, conquer nothing dropped. Then it was Elijah's turn, and it was as if he wanted to taunt them. Because they had built an altar. He now said, you know what? Dig a trench around the altar. Dig it, let it be deep. Now fill it with water. Pour water on the altar. Pour it well, pour it well. <laughs> you know when they were praying and the fire didn't fall? He said, pray louder, maybe he's sleeping. Pray louder. Let him, maybe he's asleep. When he was stunned, so those prophets of Baal, they had, they had decided in their mind that, ah, if this fire does not fall for you, we'll kill it today. And he had, he had barely spoken. The Bible says the fire fell from heaven and consumed the water, the sacrifice, and the stones. Do you know, have you seen buildings that burn? The foundations don't burn because the foundations are made with stone. Stone does not burn. But God wanted to show that he is God. Do you know God enjoys doing that? He wants to just tell you that I'm not your mate. This stone is me that made it. I have fire that can burn stone. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, God. That's God. That power displayed didn't come close to salvation. 
and all of the power that God exerted in salvation. The Bible said it was towards us who believe. It was, do you ever think of God's salvation plan and say, who am I? Why, what did I do to deserve this? Who am I to deserve this? This is what David was looking at in Psalm 8. When he said, when I behold the sun, the stars and the moon, all the things that your hand made, I ask, what is man that you are mindful of him? What, 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 why? God spoke a word and the world was created. <laughs> Do you know that light did not exist before God said, let there be light? There was nothing like that. So when he said, let there be light, only he knew what he was talking about. He called for those things that be from nothing. But when it came to your salvation, he said, I can't, I can't just speak this way. He came by himself to die. God put on flesh for me. God put on flesh for me. Are you, are you, do you think about that? God put on flesh for me. Who am I? When, when I was preparing this sermon notes, at some point, I stopped writing and I started singing, Who am I that the highest king would ransom me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who's a son? There's a place for me. I'm a child of God. My God. Yes, I Just for my sake. Just for my sake. To what end? And he didn't stop there. If all that God did ended on the cross, do you agree with me that he did enough? In Isaiah chapter 48, I think, or 45, it says, you are the Lord, that is your name. You will never share your glory with any man. And I agree that the context of that scripture is that he will never share his praise with anyone. But there is something powerful that happened at salvation. God opened the opportunity for man to share. For man to share in that glory. Are you, are you with me? Up until then, we saw all the powerful acts and it was all God. But God said, you know what? Uh, I will bring you into my glory. I will let you taste of my glory. I will let you use my glory. In the Old Testament, the glory of God was, it was localized in certain people. 
you would see in an entire generation that is all men alive, God will pick one man, call him a prophet, set him to see his glory and experience it and show it, but that will be all. But in Christ, greatness became common. Are you, are you with me? We, we, in the Old Testament, listen, kings would need advice and they would make inquiries. Then their advisors would now tell them, there is a prophet in Israel. Send for him. The prophet may travel three months to get to where the king is. Send for him. The, the, the prophet will come and the king would speak and the prophet would, you know, speak by the counsel of God and go back. But in the New Testament, the prophecy was that out of Zion will arise deliverers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it will not be a prophet in towns away. There's a prophet beside you. Are you with me? God opened up the opportunity for man to taste of and participate in his glory. One scripture that blows my mind. Colossians chapter 1 verse 25. Listen, what you are about to read, if you get it, it will change your life. I promise you. What you are about to read. We're going to read from verse 25. Colossians 1 25. Who now rejoices? I'm 25 please, not 24. Because of time. Whereof I am made a minister... According to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, verse 26. Even the mystery which had been hidden from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints. Stay where you are. Listen, I told you in the Old Testament, glory was, it was localized in one person. The greatness that the glory brings was not common. Are you with me? You could tell who the prophet was. It's not today. Let me explain something to you. A lot of people, a lot of people keep complaining. Why do we have so many churches today? Why do we? Do you know in the Old Testament, you could never have that complaint? Not because God didn't call many people. That's part of it. But because only one person per time had the power of God rest on him so heavily and evidently. Only one. So, you couldn't just wake up and decide you were a prophet. Are you with me? Greatness wasn't common at all. Because the secret to it was hidden. Across the ages, men looked, they looked for it, but they couldn't find it. They tried to plug into it, but it was difficult. It was impossible. But Christ came. And he sent men to reveal it to us. Paul says, even the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints. Verse 27, which is, or he said, to whom God would make known what is the richest, are you with me? God would make known, that is to the saints, what is the richest of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Everybody read the last line as loud as you can. Which is the hope. Oh my God. So the riches of the glory of God is to the end that Christ be in you. And Christ in you is the hope of glory. So I read all those powerful testimonies about Christ while he was on the earth. About Elijah, about Elisha, and then Paul is telling us that they, they, they did all those things by the glory of God. And Christ in you gives you a reason to think that you can do those things as well. Do you know how powerful that is? Listen, the days of miracles are not behind us. They are in front of us. The most striking miracles you will ever hear, they are not behind you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They are in front of you. I read a testimony. Currently reading a book. It's called Miracles Today by Craig Kina. And there was a testimony he highlighted in the introduction of the book about a young girl. Her name was Barbara, I think, in the United States. Grew up in a Christian home. 
She had multiple sclerosis. At some point, her organs failed. Let me tell you how bad it was for her. Her bowel was paralyzed. Do you know what that means? She could not willfully take a dump. Like she couldn't go to the toilet and do number two. Willfully. Or even pee. Willfully. So they had to attach a bag to her at all times. Connected to inside her body. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So whenever she needed to make a bowel movement, it would just pass. It would she wouldn't know when she has made a bowel movement. She couldn't stand straight. She had to be bedridden. And even on her bed, she was bent over in the fetal position permanently. Her hand was so bent backward that her fingers were touching her wrist. In case you don't think it's a big deal, try it. Can you do it? Her fingers touched her wrist. She couldn't walk. She couldn't talk. She couldn't see. Except from little spots in her eyes. And every time, one part of her body will fail. The last time her body failed, she went to the hospital and the doctors told her parents, we will not see her again. This is the last one. Take her home. Prepare her to die. She had gone home. The church had been praying for her. Nothing happened. She went home. Her parents shared her, test her story on the news just for sympathy's sake. People wrote letters, sent letters in to sympathize with her. Her church friends brought those letters to her room and her church friends. She couldn't talk, so she used to write what she wants to say. Are you hearing what I'm No, she couldn't talk. She couldn't write. So when she wants to say something, she would um, motion for some, like she would look agitated on her face. They will read the agitation and come close. Then she will whisper with all her energy what she's trying to say. She was on the bed. Her friends are here. And then they are reading a story to her. Reading many stories. Reading the letters to her. And then the story goes thus. A voice came behind her and said, get up. Hi. <laughs> God. A voice came behind her and said, get up. So she looked agitated. Her friends came close and said, what is it? And she said, Jesus told me to get up. The friends looked at her like, are you okay? She now, she now said, please go and call my parents so that they will help me get up. Because that's what she was used to. If she needed to move from point, somebody would have to lift her. So she, she said, go and call for my helpers, so that they will come and help me get up. The, um, the story goes to us. The friends left the room, but she couldn't contain herself again, so she got up by herself. You don't understand. Her legs, her feet couldn't stay flat on the floor when they put her. Her feet were curved like this. She was gone. She got up flat-footed on the floor, straightened herself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then she shouted for her daddy, Daddy! The father thought it was her sister that was calling. <laughs> because she hadn't spoken in years. Daddy, come and see what's happening. So the father thought it was an alarm that the girl had died. You don't understand. They were waiting for her to die. So he ran up and he saw her standing. And he said, what happened? What happened? His mind hadn't registered what his eyes were seeing. What happened? What happened? Oh my God! I say Christ in me the hope of glory the miraculous acts of God is there something wrong with the mic the miraculous acts of God have not ceased in our day Christ this is, this is the riches of the glory of God he brought salvation but not just that he brought salvation he made Greatness, come on. Made his glory available for us to share and walk in. Listen, you have the deposits of the glory of God inside of you. Everything, every story you read in the Bible is possible today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When need arises, God still sends fire from heaven. Are you with me? Are you with me? Christ in me. Imagine you wake up every morning saying this to yourself. 
Say today as I move, the glory of God is emanating from my life. Christ in me is the hope of glory. Christ in me makes me what I am. Christ in me puts me where I am. Christ in me directs me in where to go, what to do, how to do it, with whom I should do it, where I should do it. Christ in me is the hope of glory. Jesus, my God. As I'm saying this, the anointing of God is rising on my inside. It's the hope of glory. Are you with me? Are you with me? You are not common. You are not small. Do you hear what I'm saying? You carry Christ inside of you. Let that make the difference. Let it show. Let it show. So you mean that the wisdom of Solomon, because of the glory of God on his life, it's not far away from me. I will never be confused in my life again. I will never be confused in my life again. I will always know what to do. Many of us don't understand this thing I'm saying. That you know Solomon wasn't wealthy because money fell from the skies. You know that, right? How God made Solomon wealthy was that he gave him wisdom. The Bible will say that Solomon was so wise that kings would come from far with tributary just to listen to him speak. Listen, those days are not behind us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, there is, there is a secret. I want to teach you something. There is a secret that people of this world know. You can infuse ordinary things with glory. Now, there is the glory of the devil that they will infuse their ordinary songs with and it will go viral. You can't explain it. The song is nonsense. The lyrics are nonsense, but you can't stop singing it. I want to tell you that you can infuse your own things with the glory of God. Hi. Are you with me? That you, the Lord asked you to start up a podcast. So you set up that podcast. Every day before you record, you pray in tongues. You stare yourself up. The glory of God is in me. Christ in me is the hope of glory. Christ in me is the hope of glory. This glory brings wisdom. This glory brings understanding, clarity. As I speak, I dissect matters with clarity. Listen, now you start to talk. People will now start saying, I don't know what it is about you. But when you speak, you, what you, are, you just resonate. They may not know, but you know what it is. You put something inside. Say Christ in me. The hope of glory. Say Christ in me. Gives me access to glory. Say Christ in me. Is the riches of the glory of God. Oh glory to God. Something is not working in your house. Stop running around. Greatness is common now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yusuf, you know small. Are you hearing me? Stop, stop running like a chicken, headless chicken, running up and down. Oh, who will help me? Oh, no. Christ in me is the hope of glory. Get into, are you, see, get into the house, lock the door. Pray in tongues. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Pray long. There are some, I told you, listen. There's something about the glory of God that many of us don't understand. And it, this is it. It rises in levels. Remember Isaiah's um, vision where he saw the glory of God fill the temple. And at some point it was at the ankle level. Then at some point it was at the knee. Then waist. Then he swallowed him whole. I'm telling you that the glory of God can rise in levels in your life. Remember, what you have is the hope of glory. That is the allowance of it. You, you will now engage it and cause it to rise. So, there are times in your life that certain situations will come and the glory level that you have risen to may not be enough to handle the situation. It's a good moment to rise. 
Lock yourself. Pray in tongues. Keep praying. I, I, I watched um, a sermon. And the man of God said, how did God teach us to handle storms? Number one, he spoke to the storm. Peace be still. Number two, he walked on the storm. But there was a time he slept through the storm. And then there is the fourth one that we read in Psalm 114, where God shows up and the Bible says the sea fled. Jordan retreated. The mountains, they were skipping away like rams. I'm telling you that you can grow so much in the glory of God. You can exercise this thing so deeply in your life that the, the challenges will come and at your appearance, they will go. Did you ever read that Jesus walked up? There was a madman in Gadarenes. He was bound in a certain area, far away from civilization. Jesus was walking to him. Jesus hadn't gotten to him. He sensed the glory. Are you with me? He sensed the glory of God near him. And he ran out. And he ran to meet Jesus and said, Have you come to torment us? You know that the thing that we know demons for is that they torment. But there's, there is a higher power. Listen, even the tormentor can be tormented by the glory of God. So, so the glory of God makes him so uncomfortable, he checks out. Have you come to torment us? Jesus said, go. go. He said, okay, cast us into the pigs. He said, go. Listen, there is the time to pray the prayer of importunity. And there are some situations you will pray the prayer of opportunity for. But if the same situation, you have to pray prayer of opportunity for it today, and you have to pray the same prayer next year, you are not growing. You are not growing. There are some things the devil cannot bother to bother me with anymore. I rose above it years ago. Years ago. Some people ask me, how am I always so... And put together during when something goes wrong in church. Do you know since when that's a baby, it's a baby trouble now. I'm even surprised that the devil is. When I was upstairs and the, the light went off when PF was taking testimonies, I started singing, Satan, shame unto you, all power belong. Because you don't pass this one, try something else. When years ago, 2012, I would hold meetings. The day of the meeting has come. We don't have all the resources for the meeting. We don't know where sound is coming from. We don't know. Meeting will still happen. There will be money remaining for us to give people to go home. I've grown past that a long, a long time ago. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is engagement that you can partake in. I'm telling you, I know what I'm saying. There is a way the glory of God will announce you. I love, I love that. <laughs> I love that the choir sang that song today. That Jesus stepped into the river Jordan. Everybody has been going there for, um, for baptism. Everybody has been going there to be baptized. Everyone. But when Jesus came, the glory of God singled him out. The spirit of the Lord descended on him and chose him. He announced, a voice came and said, this, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. On the Mount of Transfiguration, it was even, it was thicker. The voice from heaven came. The glory of God was shining out of Jesus. And the voice from heaven came and said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Many of you are struggling for a space. You are struggling to be heard. What you needed to do since was to rise in your glory level. Don't worry, just rise. Exercise yourself, pray in tongues. Rise, rise, rise. Give room to prayer. Give room. Listen, as you pray, you say, Christ in me, the hope of glory. The glory of God is rising in my life. The glory of God is more evident in my life. Rise! That's, that's the meaning of that prayer. Make a name for yourself in my life. <laughs> oh my God. Rise. Rise like an edifice. Rise. Listen, a building, when you first start building the building, from afar you may not see it. But as that building rises, especially if it's a, if it's a tall building, it will get to a point where no matter where you look from, you will see it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No matter where you look from, you will see it. 
No matter where you look from, you will see it. Certain challenges that workers faced when they were on the ground floor, they won't face it on the top floor. Rise like an edifice. Build yourself. This is what the, the, the apostle was saying when he said, building up yourself upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up yourself upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up katoske. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Building up yourself upon your most holy face. Pray tongues right now. Pray tongues right now. Pray tongues right now. As I pray, I rise like an edifice. As I pray, I build stature. As I pray, I rise like an edifice. As I... That's what I just taught you. But there's something else. Romans chapter 5. 
Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Read the last line together. Everybody wants to go. So what do we do? Because we have this hope of glory. We rejoice. We rejoice. You say, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I have it. I have it. The glory of God. The glory of God. I have it. It's in me. It's in me. It's in me. Glory to God. It's in me. Hallelujah. Say, I have it. Say, I have the glory of God. Say, I've got it. Say, I've got the glory of God. Say, the glory of God is leading me. The, the glory of God is guiding me. The glory of God reveals who I am. The Lord is making a name for himself in my life. Come on, say it out loud. The Lord is making a name for himself in my life. One more time. Say, the Lord is making a name for himself in my life. Now, like you mean it, like you've never done before, rejoice! Hallelujah. Sit down. Christ in me. The hope of glory. I can do the impossible. I see the unseeable. I approach the unapproachable. Doors are opening up to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? The king of glory approached the gates of eternity. And the announcement was lift up your head, O ye gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors. That's the king of glory. Amen. That king lives in me. The gates are lifted up for me. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Say I'm changing the world. By the help of the Holy Ghost. Say I'm doing much. By the help of the Holy Ghost. Say the world will see. The glory of God in my life. Say the world will know it. That the glory of God is in me. Say I rise like an edifice. 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 Oh my God. Say I rise like an edifice. Thank you Lord Jesus. Oh glory. 30 seconds. Praying tongues. Just to solidify everything we just said. Like the stars of heaven shining in the darkness, the glory of the Lord reveals who I am. No one lights a candle to be put under a bushel. The glory of the Lord reveals who I am. In this age of confusion, I am burning, I am shining. The glory of the Lord reveals who I am. Ah. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have. As you pray during your fasting, see Christ in me. The hope of. Are you with me? A, a difficult situation comes up. Don't panic. What's the first thing you say? Christ in me. The hope of glory. Oh, we don't know what to do. What do we do? Tell them, give me five minutes. You go outside. Listen, I, I learned something during campfire or around campfire time. Sometimes. One way you stir up the things of the Spirit is by just reminding yourself of the consciousness of the Spirit. 
Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I know what to do. I have the power of God in me. I know how to do it. I know where to go. I'm not confused. Wisdom is leading me. Wisdom is guiding me. Wisdom is illuminating my steps. I know the next step I should take. I know the path that I should follow. Because Christ is in me. And that's the hope of glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. This sermon, I want you to go back and listen to it over and over and again. Let this be your sermon for the year to start with. There's so much God wants to do with your life. But if you do not challenge the deposits of glory inside of you, you won't see anything. Are you hearing me? You won't see anything. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for the teaching of your word. Thank you for the many things that you have said to us. Be glorified in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Let's wrap this meeting up. Please put your offerings together. Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.